For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Verse 40 this morning. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. I'd like to work for a little bit this morning. Time to get to work. Time to get to work. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. This particular set of verses are so classic and so important. There's a whole world out there that reads over this and doesn't get a thing. They just glaze over, you know, and, uh, and which is most unfortunate. It's kind of like sometimes when you tell somebody, whether it be a child or an adult, and you're telling them something that needs to be done, and their eyes just glaze over. It's kind of like their mind just shuts down. And uh, what did a guy say one time, I'm not receiving that. Sometimes people don't say it, but that's where it's at. They're not receiving it. They've shut down. But I also would read to you verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. First day. First day. Here's the, here's the people that came, about 120. And they came from the Mount of Olives, where Jesus had met with them. And they... He gives them these instructions. He tells them to go and wait for the promise of the Spirit. And so about 120, now that left 380 plus that just for one reason or another, one excuse or another, would not obey the words of Jesus Christ. That's what it boiled down to. You know, People want to say, well, no, no, no. What do you mean no? <laughs> Either you're going to do what he said or you're not. And if you don't do it, then you're... You're not believing. You're not obeying. Okay? So it, it comes down to, uh, once again, bringing yourself into subjection to the Word of God, into alignment to the Word of God. There's a struggle in the flesh. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a struggle in the flesh. And uh, flesh is going to absolutely try to fight you and keep you from doing the spiritual things the godly things, the righteous things, the obedient things, the enemy's going to fight that, and he's going to use your flesh. And uh, what you want to remember and keep in mind is that, number one, the promises of God are so beautiful, the things that he's trying to bring to your heart and to your life. He's not bringing anything negative. He's not bringing anything bad. He's not going to bring anything that's going to hurt you. He's bringing his good word of instruction it's going to try to help you to make heaven your home. Everybody said amen. amen. All right. And you want to make heaven your home. There's not going to be anything worth missing it for. No, no, no argument. No disagreement. No, well, I wanted to do this. Nothing's going to be worth missing heaven. Hear me. In hell, the Bible said... <clears throat> Now listen, anybody, anybody that takes the mark of the beast, 
This is what Revelation teaches. Anybody, 14th chapter, 13th and 14th chapter, anybody that takes the mark of the beast. Okay? The Bible teaches that they're going to find themselves in that place called hell and that there will be no rest for them day or night. Think about that. Continual pain, continual misery, continual memory coming back over and over and over again. The opportunities that I had, the preaching that I heard, the, the reaching of the church and the pastor to try to help me and encourage me to go forward and to live for God. And, and uh, you know, I, I think of, uh, they, we were at a favorite, wife's favorite, Goodwill, any one of them will do, <laughs> but uh, we were in one one day, and uh, yeah, I get pulled into them too, and so, uh, but it was funny because all of a sudden the sales girl, she said, spin that, and I looked, and it was a wheel, and you spin it, and where it stopped, the arrows touched on a certain thing, and maybe you'd get a bigger discount or whatever it said. And uh, I'd never seen that in any of the other you saves, or not you saves, um, well, what is the place? Goodwill, thank you. I got all these places on my mind, don't I? I shouldn't, but I do, I guess. They're in there somewhere. And uh, so I, there was a little old girl standing there, a little old Spanish girl. She looked to be about four or five years old. And I said, honey, would you like to spin that wheel for me? And oh, she was excited to do that. So she spun the wheel, and I can't even remember what we might have got 20% off or something like that. And um, it was just kind of a cool little thing. But, you know, I find that people, people, I have found this across the nation, that they, they want to spin the wheel. And the wheel will stop on a certain name. And they'll say, that's my pastor. That's, that's my pastor. Yeah. And, and somehow they want to associate themselves with something that they feel like builds them up. You know, But I'm going to tell you that the apostle made it clear about preacher religion. He made it clear. You know, this is about truth, church family. This isn't about personalities. This is about truth. Okay, this is about truth. And uh, for people to try to do things to boost themselves up, make themselves look good, or to try to avoid responsibilities and obedience and being in subjection, God knows the heart. Please wake up. God knows the heart. No matter how a person would try to hide it or cover it up uh, and try to, you know, keep what's really going on inside hidden, it's not going to happen because God knows the heart. The Bible called it the hidden man of the heart. He knows that. He knows what's going on. And you want to wake up and get a hold of saving yourself. You got to get to work here. You got to get to work. Peter preaches this sermon. These people come about 120. They break away from all of the things that are trying to hold them back, trying to keep them from going and obeying what God is saying. And, and there was a real struggle that took place. You better understand that. But they pulled away from family. They pulled away from friends. They pulled away from co-workers. They pulled away from maybe strangers and people they didn't even know that was in that crowd, above 500. And when it shook out, it was about 120. 
that were present in that upper room in the second chapter of Acts, and they hung in there for seven days and seven nights, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. And I want you to understand it took some work. It took some effort. You hear me? To get away from all of that, to break away from family, to break away from the crowd, to break away from all of the influences and the things that people say, you know, that's really cool and you should be doing this and you should be doing that and the newest thing going on and all that. They broke away from it. And they focused on what Jesus Christ said. They obeyed his word. They went to that upper room. Those were, those were strong people. Those were brave people. Those were people who loved him, truly loved him. Everybody said amen. amen. And they got, they got right down there, friend, to obey in the word of God. And as Jesus Christ poured out his spirit for the first time for whosoever will, and then the Bible teaches that these people begin to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They begin to speak in languages that people down in the streets understood. I guess we speak, the, we, we speak street language, huh? But they knew it. They understood it. And, uh, you know, I, I get a big kick out of trying out different languages. I only know a little bit here and a little bit there. But, you know, I'll... I, there's a, a Jamaican lady, very nice lady, and her, her father was gone and prayed for him at, at, in the hospital when he was sick, and, and uh, I saw he had a Bible, and I looked at it, and I flipped open to Acts 2.38, and, and there it was. He had it underlined, and that, that blew me away. <laughs> and I said, man, you've got this underlined. And he said, yeah, just like no big deal. It was a big deal to me for somebody to, to get that kind of insight it tells you maybe a little something. They've got a background somewhere. Where, what country did they come from? What island did they come from? You know, what, what kind of background did they come from? People need this truth. People need this message. People need help. And uh, that's what they came for in Acts chapter 2. They came for the help of God. They came for spiritual help, divine help. They knew that there was difficulties and there was troubles in their lives. And they, they heard the word of the Lord. They followed him. How many people followed him? A woman sick for 12 years followed him and touched him and got her healing. And many, many others that the accounts give to you. Uh, I like the part, particularly if you read it carefully and watch the wording, how that a man had come to Jesus and, and uh, while he was doing so many good things and so many wonderful things, and this, this man shows up and he, tells Jesus that he's got a daughter at home and sick. And uh, would you please come and pray and heal her? And so Jesus, in route, every time he turned around, it was something else was kind of stopping him and doing something good for somebody. Finally, finally, a messenger breaks through and tells him, don't bother, that she's dead. It's all over. Give it up. But Jesus encouraged the, the father and said, come on, let's go. They headed down there, and when they got there, the Bible teaches that the people that were there gathered in, they told them not to, not to bother, not to trouble, not to get involved because she's dead. But Jesus spoke up against all of the uh, peer pressure, if you please, and he said, she's not dead. 
He's sleeping. And they laughed so hard, they laughed him to scorn. They ridiculed him to no end. And uh, nothing like laughing at God, huh? Mm, interesting. And so, you know, to, to make a mock and to laugh and to say things that are derogatory and negative. And people do that all the time because they're trying to make themselves feel good. You know. Well, that feel good isn't going to last too long, I can tell you that right now. Not too long. You better, I guess you better go ahead and enjoy it while you can because without this great experience, church family, without this great truth working and operating in your life, without you getting involved, and getting to work for the church and for Jesus Christ and for the kingdom of God, you're going to find yourself in the wrong place for all of eternity. And the Bible said there'll be no rest. You know, the rest in the Bible is the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is the rest wherewith you will cause the weary to rest. Okay? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. To receive. And that's what they went to that upper room. And they received baptism of the Holy Ghost. And about 120, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was among them, and the other devout women. And friend, they, they were speaking forth the wonderful works of God in another language. Just like you read in Revelation, talks about that great day of God Almighty and that battle that will be taking place and said in the Hebrew tongue, that means in the Hebrew language, and it was called Armageddon. Okay, But people that are going to not get this experience, not get in the Spirit, not stay saved, people that are not going to get to work and get with it, and those people are going to find themselves taking the mark of the beast. They're not going to be in any shape to resist the enemy. They're not going to be in any kind of spiritual shape to fight off the powers of hell and darkness and the dragon. That old serpent, the devil, not going to have what it takes to fight it off and to resist it. You know, the Bible said to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But there is some power in resistance, okay? And, and that's got to be operating in our lives so that we can, we can say no, that we can resist the enemy, that we can put him on the run. Save yourself, the book said. Save yourself from this untoward, that means unruly, and ungovernable generation. Now, if it was that descriptive in Acts chapter 2, which is almost 2,000 years ago, think about what it's like and how it would be described today, the kind of generation we're living in. I read in the uh, newspaper, I believe it was yesterday or the day before one, that... Uh, at a public school over in West Palm Beach and it named the school and said that the principal was told by the district to leave the grounds because of how they handled an incident that took place when a young lady, I, sh I really use that word lightly and loosely, but a girl, a female, uh, beat up the assistant principal. They did not stand behind the principal. They did not stand behind the assistant principal. Not at all. What kind of generation are we living in? What kind of world are we living in? 
full of anarchy and full of hatred. Better wake up because it's going to get worse, church family. It's going to get worse. Every day there's crime. Every day there's murders. Every day there's stealing. And it just gets worse. You know, your Bible said evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. So I'm not a pessimist, but I'm not looking forward to getting any better in the world. But I'm looking forward to get better in church. I'm looking for the church to go forward. I'm looking for the church to worship God. I'm looking for people that are going to praise Him and lift up their hearts with their hands and worship Him. Looking for people that are going to save themselves from this untoward, unruly, ungovernable. They cannot be governed. Not going to listen to anybody. Not going to take orders from anybody. Not going to submit themselves to the Word of God. Not going to do it. But there'll come a time. There'll come a time, unfortunately, that they'll have no power. You know, after that you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive power. They'll have no power. Either they won't receive the Holy Ghost, or they'll have gotten drifted so far away from the move of God and the power of God and the glory of God and develop such bad, re redevelop such bad habits that they'll take the mark of the beast. They won't believe it's the mark of the beast. They won't believe it's that. That'll be all explained away by this unbelieving world. And they'll take it in their right hand or in their forehead. You know what I like? I like that the people of God, the Scripture said they're going to have the name, the name of Jesus in their forehead. Isn't that nice? I want to have the right name. And that's going to be my tattoo. I'm getting my tat, man. Yeah, my tat's coming from heaven. I'm going to have, I'm going to have the name of Jesus. I, I, I want it right there. I want the angels to be able to see it. I want God's Spirit to recognize it. I want it to be there in that day and in that hour. I want to be counted as one of His. I don't want there to be any hesitation or any mistake. I want to say He's one of mine. That's one of mine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So I got to be working. You got to be working. You know, the Bible talked about bringing forth works, meat or proper for repentance. There is a work here, church family. There's something to be involved with here. And we want to be involved with it to where it puts us in shape that we're going to be able to make the first resurrection, that we're going to make heaven our home. And uh, we're surrounded by an untoward generation. We're surrounded by a lost and a dying world. We're surrounded by people who do not believe and that take attitudes. Some people will try to claim this, this truth and they've got such attitudes, hateful attitudes, contrary attitudes. They just shut down, they just glaze over. You know? They just make up stories like you wouldn't believe. We live in a generation where people make up stories and they don't think it's lying. That's the truth. They don't think it's lying. They're so hardened in their heart. They're so deceived by spirits of darkness. But when you tell an untruth, when you, when you utter words and say things uh, that are deceiving the people that you're talking to, that's lying. 
That's lying. Okay. So it's important to be careful what you say and how you say it. We want to have an experience that checks us and that warns us that uh, you're not saying it right. You're not, you're not thinking right. You're not doing it right. Straighten it out. Save yourself. Deliver yourself. Do your part. Be vigilant. Be sober, knowing that you have an enemy. You have an enemy. That the enemy is the devil. And he's got the beast, and he's got the false prophet. And they're, they're absolutely, oh yeah, there's going to be lots of religion, the false prophet. There's going to be a one-world super false church, and there's going to be a tremendous pressure to have to belong to that belief system and that group, okay? And uh, we're going to need power. We're going to need strength. We're going to need uh, conviction upon us that we're not going to bend, bow, or buckle in any way, shape, or form, that we're going to stay with what's right. We're not going to love our lives even unto the death, okay? And as it was said, blessed are they that die in the Lord from henceforth. So it's going to be a generation and a time where there's going to be a church, a body of Christ, and of course there is. As it is written, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we will use what it says, we which are alive in our remaining. Okay, there's going to be an active church, an active body of Christ that's doing the work of God, that's going about living and the life and letting the light shine and working, working, saving themselves, bringing forth fruit that's worthy, worthy fruit. Okay? I read where God said he was going to, in the, in the day of his wrath, that he was going to pour out the, his wrath without mixture, the indignation of it, on certain, and said that, for they are worthy. You know, usually you think when they say they are worthy, you're thinking of somebody that did something really good, and, and they're going to get a crown, or they're going to get this or that, some good thing, you know, and, because they're worthy. And that, that does happen, too. That does say it that way in the Bible, too. But this said they were worthy of, of uh, punishment, of wrath. Look out. I want, to be, I want to be worthy of the good things. I want to be living for God in a manner, in a way that, again, that he's going to recognize that I'm one of his children and that I'm a part of the body of Christ and that blessed are they that are doing his will when he returns. Don't you want to be working for him? Don't you want to be laboring for him? Don't you want to be involved in letting your light shine? giving somebody an invitation, teaching somebody a Bible study, coming to church, lifting your heart with your hands and worshiping him. I don't want to be, I don't want to be in some ball stadium rooting on some guy running up and down. Or, well, I don't want that at all. They're not getting my praise. They're not getting my energy. They're not getting my money. Whatever little bit I got, I, I don't have anything for them. Everything I've got is in the work of God. It's in the church. It's in the body of Christ. I want to be about the spiritual things, the godly things, the things that are going to last. Yes. You could heap up all kinds of things. What did the guy say? He said, oh, I know what I'll do. Did he kick back? He said, I'll tear down my barn, and I'll build a bigger barn. Yeah. And God said, thou fool, this night thy soul is required of thee. Don't let the devil deceive you with chronological age. Well, I'm very young. Well, young people die too. 
Young people die too. Babies die. Children die. Adolescents die. Preteens and teens. Any age, the devil is out to deceive anybody any way he can. And he wants to take people out. You better believe it. He wants to drag them down to the pits of hell. And the Bible said that hell in the grave is never satisfied. Never satisfied. We got to work, church family. We got to work on being involved in what the church is doing. You got to work on that. You've got to you've got to tell yourself, I'm going to be a part. What is there to do? I volunteer. I want to do. I want to be involved. I don't want to just have time for natural things. I want to have time. I want to make time for the church and for the work of God and for Jesus Christ. I've got to be about, as Jesus said, my father's business. Can you imagine how they drifted off down the road full of festivities and they suddenly the brakes went on and and they realized that Jesus wasn't in their midst where was he well they found him in the church house that's where he was they found him preaching if you please teaching the great word of God expounding and when they they asked him what do you why have you dealt with us this way why why did you do this he said don't you understand that I must be about my father's business the world, family, family, hello, family, isn't always going to understand. Matter of fact, I would tell you most of the time, they don't understand why you go to church so much. They don't understand why you pray. They don't understand why you lift your heart with your hands. They don't understand why you're keeping yourself in that book. They don't understand why you give your tithing. Hello, they don't understand these things. Well, they need to understand it. They need to get their understanding open. And when you live the life, especially with family, you've got to live the life. When you've told them, that's it. You can't just stand around and keep telling, keep telling, keep telling. It does not work. The Bible tells you about those that might be one without the word. In other words, by your silent witness, by your example, by your life that you're living, how that you are working, saving yourself, saving yourself from this ungovernable generation that's chasing after all kinds of nonsense that you've been delivered from. That God in his mercy and his grace and his love has delivered you from. Given you a brand new heart, a brand new spirit, brand new attitude. Oh yeah, what a wonderful experience it is, church family, to come into the body of Christ. To be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. There is not a plausible or believable, there is not a justifiable reason to not be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, nor to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's just no reason. Nothing that you could dream up or invent or find in an uh, encyclopedia or a dictionary or something. There is no, no answer to that. This is, this is what Jesus Christ made possible. He poured out his spirit after going to the cross, after shedding the blood of God, after taking every beating and whipping and scourging and ridicule, spit upon, everything that they did to that flesh, that lamb that was without spot. He went through all of that so that you would gladly, that's what we read here, that you would gladly 
receive this great word of God. Receive means you wouldn't reject it. You wouldn't reject it. You wouldn't reject it. I had two little old youngins come this morning to my office, and, you know, I could have stiff-armed them, right? I could have said, no, don't come around me. No, I could have done that. I could have rejected them. But I wasn't going to do that. I love those little girls. And, you know, there's a difference, right? There's a difference. And that's how you want to treat the Word of God and the teachings of God. You want to receive it with open arms. They that gladly received his word. Let's read it again. Verse 41. Then they, they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day, there was no procrastination going on here. There was no putting off. There was no, well, one of these days. You know this town is filled with people that tell me all the time and have told me for years. I'm coming, preacher. I'm coming. You're going to see me. I told somebody the other day, I said, I want you to come to church. And I said, and uh, I want you to know right now that the walls are not going to fall down when you walk in. <laughs> yeah. People got all kinds of excuses. All kinds of excuses. Yeah. They come up with all kinds of junk, any kind of procrastination, any kind of excuse that will let their flesh be in control. Let their natural mind and natural way of thinking. Some people just have to have their way. You know, they're addicted to having their way. They've been raised all their lives getting their way. I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to eternal things, you better let God have his way. You better tell yourself, Jesus, I'm going to, I'm going to submit to your will and your word. I'm going to, I'm going to do what's right. I'm, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to resist you, you know. I had a woman stand up right here. I believe it was the second row some years ago. And uh, she stood up and testified. And she said, when I stopped fighting, she said, everything fell in place. Hmm? Too bad she didn't keep that attitude because she started fighting again and she'd be gone. And that's very sad, very sad. But you know what? When people take that attitude and they walk away and they fight and they stop trying to be saved, then we move on as a church. We move on and we're reaching new people. We're reaching out for hungry hearts. We're sowing the seed, sowing the seed. You know, the teams that go out every Saturday, and we've got people witnessing every day, but as a group effort on Saturdays when they go out, uh, people that are trying to save themselves, people that come and assemble together and go out and uh, get involved in not only saving themselves but trying to save others, that they get met time and again when they give the invitations. Oh, yeah, I know where that church is. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. That's right. And we're going to keep, we're going to saturate this Tri-City area. We're going to invite, as we have for the last 40 years, Two and going on 43 years. We're going to invite everybody. We're going to invite them. And if they move away, they're going to move away with the knowledge of how to be saved. Because we're telling them. We're telling them. And our particular, our new track that we give out, our new invitation. You get that in your hands and you read those words, friend. We know that we've at least done that much. We've told you and showed you and it's there for you to read how to be saved. Three simple steps. And that's what Peter did on that first day of the church. Everything was set up. The Holy Ghost had just been poured out. 
they were, they were hanging over the, the railings. <laughs> they were just so intoxicated with joy and happiness. And they were just trying to tell everybody. And I know what that's like. I remember trying to, to, to thinking in my mind as they were encouraging me and saying, come on, come on, you got to get the Holy Ghost. And in my mind I was saying, are you blind? <laughs> but I couldn't speak in English. It was, it was not coming out in English. It was coming out in another language. And we've had many, many, many people have that experience and just get so intoxicated. And so like the apostle and, and uh, John and also like Daniel the prophet that you just fell as dead in his feet. You were so worn out. But it was a good feeling. It was a great experience, a wonderful experience. And uh, they were just full of the Holy Ghost, under the power and the presence of God. They yielded to God, you know. They weren't sitting around, you know, doing nothing. No. They were praising God. They were worshiping God. They were involved. They were saving themselves. They were doing their part. We've got a part to do. We're going to have a play here on next Sunday morning. And each of these kids has a part to play. Okay? Well, in the body of Christ, you have a part. You have a function. You know? I'm very glad that as of this second, all the organs in my body are working. They're playing their part. They're doing what they're supposed to do, what God ordained them to do. You know? My heart is pumping. I can speak. I can swallow. I've seen people. I've seen people that couldn't even hold a plastic water bottle, much less swallow the water because nothing was working. We don't often think about that, but that's all muscular in there. <laughs> and it's, it's got to work, friend. And if it don't work, you're not going to be swallowing any water or whatever you, you're drinking. Might want Gatorade, I don't know. But uh, little things, little things, yeah, little things. I had my first couple of drops of uh, Tabasco sauce the other day. I haven't had that in years. That's how wonderfully healed I am right now. I'm not going to abuse it. Little drop, little flavor. Very thankful. Couldn't do that for the last, I don't know how many years. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it, but God has healed me. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. Now, I've even gained a little weight. My wife says I don't look like a Sherpy anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, friend. Good to have the Holy Ghost Church family. Good to be in the church. Good to be in the body of Christ. Good to be working on saving yourself. Saving yourself. Doing your part. You want to work hard, church man. You want to do your part. I want to do my part. I, I, want, I want my taste buds to do their part, you know. I want my ears to do their part. I, I want my fingers to do their part. I want everything to work properly and as, the, as, as God, being the master designer, designed it to do, you know. I know that we don't want all of the, the, the cars to work because then we put Jaime out of business. But uh, I wouldn't mind... Well, I wouldn't mind if everybody felt good health-wise and, and that, that um, we could turn healing towards people on the outside. And, you know, that's all we need. That's what my pastor used to always say. All we need is a prayer line from here all the way down the street, people coming and getting healed, people coming and getting born again of water and spirit.
Man, you're talking about getting people's attention. I told you that the radio station DJ told me, he said, people, people are responding to you telling about those prayer cloths. Well, that's good. They should respond to it. And God is looking to help people and heal people and deliver people. But they got to get involved. He told them, save yourself. Save yourself. Get involved. Don't sit on the sideline. Don't sit on your hands. Don't, don't shut down your mind, you know, and try to make everybody believe that you're all right when you're not all right and everything isn't all right because there's going to come a, an awakening. An awakening. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Yeah. And then we... The church, in other words, which is functioning, which is working on saving itself. Yeah. Working on doing the will of God. What did it say of, of David? He served his generation by the will of God. That we're serving our generation. That we're doing the work of God. You're not doing the work of God when you're just playing games, you know. Take a few minutes, have a little break. I'm not against that. But you know, it's like people have told me. One person told me they had to quit Facebook. They said they were just addicted. They were addicted. I don't bring my, my, my phone to church. I mean, it's in the office, what I mean. But uh, I, I was in a place the other day, and there was a young man sitting there. And I promise you, for an hour, all he did was, I saw it, and I'm like, I wanted to scream. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I've seen families. You could have a mom and a dad and a boy and a girl, and they're all looking at a device. Even the baby gets one in the, in the, in the little stroller. That's the truth. <laughs> you, know it's, you know that's right. You could, you could say that. I know that's right. <laughs> you know that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. I love these little phrases that go around. You, you know that's right. And, um, you as well. I've been hearing that. Seriously? You know, boy, people get hung up on all kinds of things, you know. And some things, of course, don't matter that much. But I'm telling you, I'm just trying to say that people are so locked in to uh, what this world is doing that they're missing God. And, that, and, and nothing could be more tragic, though, than, than people who know, people who have been enlightened, People who have been given this knowledge of the truth and that they're ignoring it, that they're paying it no mind. They're busy about everything else, going everywhere else, doing everything else. Particularly just addicted to, you know, that or something social media-wise. You know, just addicted to it. Distracted is another word that would go along with it. Addicted and distracted. And it just takes the life out of them. And they're whipped and they're tired and they, they're not doing nothing for God. They're not, they're not saving themselves, much less anybody else. What about their kids? You know, everybody says, you know, you don't, you don't let family drag you down. You're supposed to pull family out of the, of the horribleness. You're not supposed to get involved with the things they're involved, their competition, their competitiveness trying to outdo one another and all that stuff that goes on out there. Come on. You've got the best. 
You've got the truth. You've got the message. Get your mind on what you've got and receive it gladly. Don't, don't push it away. Embrace it. Embrace it. Isn't that what Simeon of old did? He took that child right out of Mary's arms and he embraced that child. He held that child up and he said, Now I can depart in peace because mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Come on, church family. That guy waited a long, 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 long time. Amen. Here we are and what we've got. At a young age, he'd probably outrun most of you in a race, that old codger. Came out of there, friend. And that old woman, too, came out of there. They'd been serving God day and night, the book said. They were looking for this time to happen. And that Christ child to be coming into their church house. And boy, when he came in, oh, friend, it was something else. And, and man, they, they were rejoicing and they were excited and they were telling everybody. And that's what we want to do. Look what's come into our lives. Look at what God has given us, church family. Look what we have. And I'm telling you, God's got a lot, a lot of good things in store. And you want to save yourself for those things. You hear me? You want to keep yourself. You want to deliver yourself. You want to do your part. You want to do your part. You want to have a, a, a part of salvation that is, that is being offered to you. Okay? It's being offered to you. And when you've, when you've received it, when you've been baptized in Jesus' name and all your sins have been washed away, not because of the water, but because of the name that you're baptized in. The blood is in the name. There's no forgiveness. There's no remission. There's no washing away without the blood. Okay? Everybody sings it, you know, but most people don't understand it and they don't know how to get it. They just sing it. That's all. Well, I'm glad they can sing good, and I'm glad they can put all the, uh, 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 do all the junk they do. Oh, that's great. Very entertaining, you know. <laughs> but if, if you don't get this, you know, where are you going to be? You're going to be where there's no rest, day or night. Anybody, raise your hand. Anybody ever couldn't sleep? You ever have a night where you just tossed and turned and rolled? Yeah. Well, just think about eternity of that. Eternity of that. No rest. Day or night, the book said. The mind just constantly remember the services, remember the preaching, remember the opportunities, remember how the whole church was just pulling for you to get baptized in Jesus' name and get the Holy Ghost. Remember how the preacher was pulling for you to be a part of the great work of God and to save yourself. Preacher did his part. The church family did its part. But you're not doing your part. You're not doing your part. I've told you about the true account of the preacher that was going past the pond on their property, their church property. And he looked up and he saw. And when he focused, he realized it was his own son who was flailing in the water. And uh, suit. Shoes, everything. He jumped right in. You know how hard it is to swim in a suit? And shoes, not an easy thing at all. You don't set Olympic records that way. I promise you. <laughs> and you don't save lives that way either. And he got out there, and he's tried to get a, get a hold of his son in the proper way, which is, you know, across the chest and under the arm, and put him and pull him backwards, and you kind of work your way with a side slip and get to the shore. But the boy fought him. The boy fought him. And out there in the middle of that water where it was deep, he fought him until the dad almost lost his life. He finally just had to let him go. 
I just read in the paper yesterday about a woman who uh, went to call her children in, or maybe it was her son and a, and a, a young lady, uh, called them in to, uh, I think they were around 12, to come in to eat. And she looked out into their, to their lake, and she realized that, and the lake was frozen over, but the boy had fallen through the ice, and, and she ran out there, but she could not save him. She could not do it. Evidently, he wasn't helping. You hear me? He wasn't helping. Whether he, for whatever reason, he wasn't helping. And so he died. Tragic thing to have happen, especially, I would think, to a mother, to lose your own child because you couldn't get them saved. Jesus said here in his word, he inspired the apostle Peter, giving them the plan of salvation. Repent, answering their question, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so let's say we've done that. We've obeyed that. Now you've got to stay saved. How am I going to stay saved? Save yourself. Save yourself. Get involved. Pray. Come to church. Be faithful. Worship God. Get involved in what the church is doing. Didn't we give it this a few weeks ago? A, a success formula. A formula for success. Things that we need to do to be like those that have lived 50 and 60 and 70 and 80 years for God. Oh, yes. Get that formula for success. That biblical formula for success. Save yourself. Let's get to work. We've got something to do here, church family. And it's an everyday thing. It's 24-7. needs to be on your mind. needs to be on your mind. You need to be thinking about it. You need to be making preparations. You know, every Saturday, just about every Saturday, without, almost without fail, I get treated to go and sit in the curb by Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree's the green one. That's where everything truly is a dollar. I, I have been educated to these things and uh, schooled. And uh, because Sitzfeld is going to be busy getting all kinds of things for Sunday school, particularly. Probably get things that does everything, but particularly for Sunday school. Yeah. And then we always are pretty much always going to make a stop at the, some little grocery store, and we're going to, I have to go in and, and pick up the little Debbie snacks. Yeah, got to go get them because the kids come and want to give them something. I can't wait till we get in the new building and we have that beautiful kitchen and dining hall. Who knows, maybe we'll go past little Debbie and we'll have bacon and eggs. Can't never tell. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're planning a lot of good things, church family. And God is planning, I'm trying to tell you, a lot of good things. Oh, it hath not yet entered into the heart and the mind and the understanding. Eye hasn't seen it, ear hasn't heard it. You know, if, any, if anybody's going to get that, it's going to be the church and building up to it. But the point is, we've got something to look forward to. What God has prepared for them that love him and wait for him. Waiting on the Lord, trusting the Lord. But that we're not treading water. We're not standing still. We're not doing that. 
We're worshiping. We're praising. We're busy about his business. Save yourself from this untold. Work to do. Things to be involved with. Everybody said amen. amen. We are a busy congregation. We are a busy church. We do have things going all the time. And yes, I'm going to give you the next Sunday night off. Isn't that nice, man? I just didn't want you to get scared there for a minute. Yeah. So you plan yourself a real good Christmas Eve. Happy for you. Wonderful. I hope you have an enjoyable time. And then I hope you get back here real quick. They had a song when I was very young. That was last week. No. A little further back than that. And uh, it was about surfing, you know, surfing. And uh, the group, I, I guess they must all be 60s now. But I read the newspaper there somewhere local, and they were performing and singing their signature song, Let's Go Surfing, now everybody's surfing. So I pushed up my sleeve, and I said, oh, yeah? I said, let's go churching now. Everybody churching now. Come on and go churching with me. Let's go to church. That's going to count. That's going to count. That little serving thing not going to do nothing. Hear me. And people are heaping up things for themselves that they cannot take with them. You can't take it. You gotta, you, you've got to have spiritual things. I'm going to build my barn bigger and hear God tell you you're a fool. Oh, man. No, sir. Let's save ourselves, church family. Let's, let's get very glad about what God has given us. Let's get happy. Let's get excited. What an attitude they had. They that gladly received his word. They got with it. I've told you, if you really believe, then you, you spring into action. You do. Believing is, believe and believing is not a passive thing. It's an action thing. It's a get up and get with it thing. You know, and they that gladly received his word, they got up and they got with it. The Bible said they got baptized. Everybody said amen. amen. All right, and that same day, 3,000 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost. They got with it, church family. Save yourself, save yourself. Get involved. That's what he told them to do. Save yourselves from this generation. Break away from the things that are trying to destroy you. Drag you down to that place called hell where you're never going to get out. And the torment's never going to end. And you're never going to find any rest. And here God is offering you rest. Right here, right now. This is the rest. This is it. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. Don't want to wind up in that eternally wrong place, separated from God. And my mind just telling me over and over, boy, you had a chance. Man, you had a big chance. You had it right there. And you just... Turned your nose up at it. You just had it all figured out that that wasn't how you wanted to do it. And all those other carnal thoughts and things that go on that fight us. That fight us. As a preacher, I'm just trying to separate you from the carnality. The natural way of thinking. And trying to give to you the spiritual way of thinking. And if you'll gladly receive it, then you can have this salvation and you can keep this salvation. And that's something we've got to work on, keeping our salvation. Being vigilant, being sober, knowing that 
there's a devil who's like a roaring lion and he's going around seeking whom he may devour. He's looking, friend. He is looking. I remember a true account of a dad took his wife and two kids in the back seat and they went out to Lion Country Safari. And uh, he had, in those days, they had the little video camera, not your phone, but an actual camera. They still sell them, I believe. And, uh, of course, it tells you signs to keep your windows up, keep your doors locked, and don't get out. And, uh, but, you know, he won't do it his way. Yeah, he won't do it. He won't do it his way. And so he decided, handed his wife the, the uh, video camera, and he unlocked the door and got out. He went towards the lions. No lion out there just... You know, looked like nothing. Just enjoying the sun. Yeah, nothing going on there. He thought. He's jumping and he's wanting to get the line to do something. I guess he wanted the line to stand up and pose. Do something, you know. <laughs> oh, you want to laugh? It's coming out of a parking lot at the grocery store last night with the little Debbie cakes and things of that nature. And, um, and there was a, a, two kids, two guys, and they looked to be about 18 to 20 years old. And in the dark now, maybe a little light coming from the parking night light. And he's standing out there, and he's posing. And the guy's taking his picture, you know, the selfie type thing. I, we were dying. We were like, what? <laughs> taking selfie too far, isn't it? Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Well, I guess this guy thought he was going to get the, the lion to pose and to act up and jump around and roll over like a dog. You know, roll over, sit up, heel, whatever. <laughs> and, and that lion just waited like the hunter he is, the instincts that he has. Isn't it silly how people, they want to have inordinate, unnatural affections towards animals? No matter what you do, the nature of, the, of that animal is there. Yeah. Yeah. But you never heard about the woman that raised a, a dolphin or a porpoise, whichever it was, in, the, in her pool in the backyard? Yeah. And, it's, and, you know, there are spirits. And a spirit got a hold of that woman. She was so unnatural towards that dolphin or whatever it was that she decided to get in there and she was going to make love with it. Only thing she didn't know is that that porpoise or dolphin, whichever it was, they make love at the bottom of the water. Yeah. Took her right down to the bottom and drowned her. Yeah. Or it's like the woman, I believe her name was Jane Goodall, and she was, she was the gorilla lady. Oh, man, she, she traveled all over the world to raise money for the gorillas. She lived with the gorillas in Africa until they killed her. Yeah. You could pet them and you could you know, do all your little things. But never forget the nature of the beast. Never forget the nature of Satan. He's out to destroy. He's out to kill. Oh, yeah. I, it, don't be amazed 
Really, you should not be amazed. But you should know. You should be discerning. After all, you've got a soul, and there's a war going on for your soul when people depart from the faith and they have an ugly attitude, an ugly spirit, or an excuse of some kind that they feel like is plausible and believable. You know. But they always have sly little things to say. You know, Drop in little things here and little things there. And you should be better educated. You should be more discerning. You should be more spiritual. You should be more godly. You should be more insightful to how the enemy works. How many times do we have to repeat about the cowboy picking up the snake and taking it into his warm coat? Yeah. And, and then the snake, of course, bit him, put that poison in him. And an idiot cowboy screaming out, you said you wouldn't bite me. <laughs> oh, brother, how dumb can you be? How deceived can you be? How undiscerning can you be? And that snake just looked him right in the eyeball. I've never seen a good-looking snake, by the way. I don't like them. Man, oh, man. Whew. And that snake said, you knew I was a snake when you took me in. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be getting close to backsliders. You don't want to be getting close to people that have departed from the faith. You don't want to be, you know, no matter how smooth their words are, and didn't the Bible say with smooth words and fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple? Are you a simpleton? I think not. I think not. Save yourself. Save yourself. Get involved. Get involved. Receive the word of God with gladness. Tell yourself, I've got a soul to save. It starts with me. I remember, I remember Ann Tyler. Years and years. My God, make you sound old on it. But however long it was ago. And I told her. She was all about, you know, I've got this fame and I've got that fame. And I, got the, I said, it starts with you. Thank God she believed and received with gladness and come and got baptized and got the Holy Ghost on a Sunday morning. Yeah. How many years ago was that? Woo! Give God a big hand. Come on. Thank God. Amen. 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 And you set out then, your days, your walks, you set out to be an example, to let your light so shine, and to weather the storms that will come your way. Did you not read where Jesus was uh, on the boat with the disciples and his, and his flesh? It was time to take a little nap. You know, the Spirit put Adam to sleep and presented him with a beautiful woman when he woke up. I think that's what happened to Brother Thomas. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, Jesus was asleep, and they woke him up. They said, Master, don't you care that we perish? I guess he could have said, well, if you had to quit rowing, <laughs> you know, you got to save yourself. You got to do your part, but okay. He got up, and he rebuked that storm. Man, I love when he does stuff like that. Oh, that makes me feel good. Boy, he just took control, took charge of the situation. And then he looked at his disciples, though, and he said, why were you of so little faith? Ooh. Yeah. Save yourself. 
build up yourselves. You ever read that? Build up yourselves on your most holy faith. Like weightlifting, build up yourself. Yeah, I, I do that all the time. I just go over and I get seen fellas purse. <laughs> That'll wear your arm out in a hurry. I'm like, girl, what you got in there? And I'm like, never mind, don't tell me. And God forbid you got to find anything. Oh, man. Oh, that's, whew. We're talking about work. That's work. Tell you what. We got to we got to find the, what works in our salvation here, and we've got to work it. You know, well they say I'm working it. Well, we better be working it. Save yourselves. Save yourselves. Don't neglect yourself. Is that not a Bible word? Neglect. Not to neglect the gift of God which was given to you. Oh, friend, no, sir. We're going to get involved, church family. Come on, give God a big hand. Amen. Amen. We're working here. We're working here. Yes, we are. We're working in Jesus' name. We're working in Jesus' name. Let's stand together and let's take a moment and love our great God. Come on, let's pray. Father God, thank you for everything you've done. Help us to be of great faith, O oh Lord. Our faith to be such that you would marvel at it. Oh God, oh God, oh God, I give you praise and glory and honor. And I need your holy and divine touch. I need your peace and your glory. Come on, Lord, and strengthen us and encourage us and help us, oh great God. Help us to do your great will, Jesus, to do the things that please you, Lord. Oh God, oh God, let your hand be upon your children. I give you thanks and I give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, I want to be saved and stay saved, Lord. That's what I want to do. Everybody said praise the Lord. Well, I hope you will gladly receive the word this morning and uh, do what you need to do. Some need to be baptized, some need to receive the Holy Ghost, and some need to get involved with what they've already got. Okay? Got this salvation. Let's use it for the glory of God. Let's keep, you know, to keep means you protect. It means you guard. You don't dangle it out there. You ever see people go along driving and they got one arm hanging out? I have never figured that out. You read stories about getting hit by a, a, an oncoming vehicle going the other way. It takes her arm right off. You know? I, people amaze me sometimes. And, uh, and there's a whole lot worse dangerous things that people do. I remember a dream about a preacher and uh, that was related in the was a building was being built, but not to the stage we were at before that. And the, the wall wasn't quite finished, but it was high up. And in the dream, the preacher was walking along the edge. And the signs were there, you know, danger, cross, bone, cross bones and a skull. You know, danger zone, danger zone, danger zone. He would just walk acting silly acting so childish. And uh, it was a warning being given, in other words, a warning that was being given. And uh, I'm trying to tell you, church family, there are things that if we're not careful, you can wind up in a danger zone and not heeding the, the word of God and the pastor that's saying, you know, save yourself. Save yourself. Get down off of that. 
that high wall where it's not even finished construction. Get away from that situation. Get away from those kind of people. Get away from those kind of words. Don't expose yourself and allow people to put a bunch of junk in your heart. You know? Uh-uh. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. And I'm going to tell you again, if people walk away, that's their choice. Not your business to go running after people that have backslidden. Not your business at all. That goes to the pastor and God. God deals with backsliders. That's God's business. You find a new soul. You find new people. People are lost. You be a part of something that will save yourself. Save yourself. Guard yourself. Protect yourself. In Jesus' great name. And everybody said amen. amen. Let's give God another big hand. Oh, yes. All right. And everybody said God bless you all. In Jesus' name.